Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time on Art Craft Truth, actor Lou Liberatore, another incredibly accomplished working actor who was nominated for the Tony and Drama Desk Awards for his performance in the Broadway play Burn This, alongside John Malkovich and Joan Allen. Dozens and dozens of theater, film, and television credits in an over 30-year career, and in this conversation, Lou generously reveals his beginnings, his personal battle and victory through the AIDS crisis, and what it takes to continue to be an accomplished working actor with longevity in this business. Lou Liberatore. All right. Well, Lou, thank you so much, man. This is awesome. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. This is, this is, I'm um, looking forward to this. Cool, cool. I don't know if you got to see any of the other stuff to kind of get the idea, but it's basically, you know what it is. I mean, we're going to go. Well, I, I know. I just so enjoyed watching Bobby, watching you. Uh, speak oh, Bobby. Bobby Classy. Yeah, because we worked, we worked together. We did um, that championship season. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know you were in that one with him. Okay. And we live near each other in the city. He has a, you know. Right. Yeah, Bob's a character, man. I, lo I love He's it. He's the best. And I didn't know, I didn't, I kind of knew about the boxing stuff and I maybe forgot it. And then so just hearing those stories are just fantastic. Right. Yeah, that's how we originally hit it off because I'm a huge boxing fan. And, and, oh. like, and so we just would tell him stories back and forth. I'm a wrestler. So. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's my, boxing. And like my brother was into boxing. I was into wrestling. And so we would always fight each other, and I'd go for it, and then he'd hit my back. <laughs> That's right. You were you were MMA before it uh, before it became whatever. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So you get the idea. We'll we'll go around your career and stuff, and and inspirations and your thoughts. But really, it's about like your craft like how you do it how that's that's it's kind of an actor studio kind of thing um right. and and that's what i love and just two actors talking about how they do their thing and that's that's what entertains me so um so uh so welcome lou and you and let me get your your name correctly pronounced it's liberatory liberatory correct liberatory yeah. okay and you come to me courtesy of casting director liz ortiz who's terrific right. too. she sent you right we, and we went to four we went to school together oh you and liz Liz and I went to Fordham together. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, she was just so wonderful about that. And um, um, it's just a funny story that uh, we went to you know, school together. And then um, years, years, years later, I was walking down the street, groceries, coming home. And she goes, and we run into each other. I'm like, oh, my God, Liz, Lou, haven't seen you in forever. Where are you going? I said, oh, I'm just going home. I'm like, where? There. That building? Yeah, I live there. <laughs> I've been there like, I've been there and I've been here now over 10 years. Wow. And I had been, at that point, I was maybe two or three years. I've been here for three years. And she's like, I've never knew. That's the thing about New York that people find interesting is it's it's such a massive place with so many people, but everybody knows, everybody sees everybody all the time. So now we're, and now, you know, we can't, we're, 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 uh, except for sort of now, we were in each, yeah. you know, we're up and down each other's apartments all the time. So right. Just, how are you handling? Uh, how are you handling this whole thing? Is it? It's obviously uh, screwed up gigs, I would imagine. And yeah, stuff. it's it's weird. I, I initially back in March, I had I had finished a show on March first of 2020, and so I was comfortably 
filed and, and, <laughs> and getting unemployment. So nice and easy, very cool. And then I had two jobs lined up for that would take me through uh, April into uh, August. Right. Uh, two gigs lined up. And that was like really, I was really looking forward to those. And then, and, and you know, the first couple of weeks was what I do between gigs anyway. I just hang out, go to the gym, watch TV. Right. Don't do anything, you know. Well, it became three weeks, then six weeks, then four months, and, and it's just like, whoa. So it's, it's been really challenging. I'll be honest with you, really, really challenging. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty single-focused in that I don't have a tons of outside hobbies. Right, and right. I always paint or write, and, you know, no, that's not me. Right. TV is like king. I raised on television, addicted to television, so I watch television. All right, well, that's good. It... it, 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 it at least gets you a little window into keeping the machine a little oiled. You can watch things that are inspiring and and get things going. So let's let's go all the way back because um, uh, what we'll do on this is we'll jump around and if I hear something we'll go off on a tangent and and, sure. and play with it a little bit. But you're a local guy, right? You you're born and raised where? Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, the the other borough, the sixth borough. <laughs> right. Well, I'm Long Island. I'm the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on right. the, so we'll meet in the middle here. Thank so. You. Um, so, uh, big family, small family. Um, I'm the youngest of three, uh, so they're just you know a nice, a good size. Yeah, me simple too. size. All right, me too. I, I do I have 21 first cousins on my mother's side? So, <laughs> nice in Italian. In that regard, like Sundays at grandma's right. was like uh, an event. Nice you know. East Coast Italian family. Okay, 100%. I totally, I totally relate. I totally dig it. So, was uh, was acting? Was art? Was any of this stuff in your thing as a kid or no? Um, not, not really. Mom was a um, uh, uh, an accountant, sort of a bookkeeper, so to speak, um, and uh, she like taught Sunday school catechism to the public school kid. <laughs> I went to Catholic school every day of my life. Uh, and she, you know, took care of the house and all. And, and my father was a stockbroker. So not exactly arts focused at right. all. So um, and getting back to TV, that's what I was raised on. They were at work. I came home from t school. I'd watch television. Right. And um, where I got interested is watching Carol Burnett. Ah, wow. Seeing her, I was like, that's I that I want to, you know, she makes people laugh and she makes people, you know, feel good and she cry a little bit. And right. Burnett was like my idol at that time and uh, I, did, I knew nothing of the business or to think about the business or anything like that and I um so and I, and I did my share of I was a bit of an extrovert as a kid little fat kid you know <laughs> dancing on the tables at weddings and right. you know I was like oh we're so cute and uh and I was just a you know just a talkative and and and, and all um but I never you know I never put it toward a career I was right. just you we were, we were incredibly spoiled and um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we never wanted for anything. And, and there was never like a hard scrabble life at all. I, you know, I, hear, I listen to all these people who have these tough lives. Right. And I'm like, sorry, it was, it was kind of okay. Right. <clears throat> and um, so when I finally, and I, like I said, I did some, I did some uh, town things here and there. And a neighbor of mine sort of was kind of like our Andy Warhol, so to speak. <clears throat> I always refer to him that because he always put a group together of artists and he would do plays and all right. I'm like, how do you do this? But I was in one and, you know, I was in another and we were just all friends. And so that sort of life was around me. And I and I did the spring musical, uh, the musicals in high school. Okay. Um, 
but I couldn't do no I did the yeah I did the spring ones because I couldn't do the fall stuff because I was a wrestler so I was wrestling and, what was and the what was the what was the stuff you did what was the spring musical <laughs> well my first my first gig was uh, um, I was the fourth voice in the Wells Fargo wagon song in music <laughs> I was a freshman that was my debut all right there you go <laughs> St. Joseph Regional High School Montvale New Jersey right and uh, it was kind of interesting is the guy who directed the show was famous for directing all the Catholic schools all up and down the East Coast. Oh. And he had uh, surf, remember Surflight Dinner Theater, uh, Surflight Theater down in like uh, Beach Haven. I New Jersey. Yeah, no, I don't know. No. It was a, it was a big sort of deal in, in the okay. summer. He was head of that. But in, in the off season, he would direct all these musicals at all these wow. uh, Catholic schools all over the place. So uh, Joe Hayes was his name. And um, we did, uh, yeah, Music Man. I was a freshman. And then I did my big hit. I was Bernardo in West Side Story. Oh, wow. There you go. Hair spray painted black. They always get know. the Italian kid to go do that. Okay. <laughs> and he and Joe died like right before opening night. Oh, my very, God. Very Gower champion of him. Wow. wow. Uh, not Gower, yeah, right? You know, and, uh, and so like we dedicated the show to him and it was this big you know, deal and everything. Wow. So that was So my... do you remember as a kid the first time those lights hit you and that live audience? I mean, do, can you still remember that feeling? Well, no, it, was, it was interesting. It was just sort of, um, it was very matter of fact in a weird way because it was like, oh, I, this is this now this is what I should be doing. Right. It was very like I should be here. Right. I should be up. I should be the lead or I should be. <laughs> right. The or, 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 you know. Right. And, they, and they, the directors directed me to where I needed to be. And um, so that was, it was just like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I saw, and I act. Right. You know, <laughs> wonderful combination. So you know. did you think even at that point in school, you know, as you're getting to be 16, 17, 18, do you think that's a, you're going to try it? You're going to, this is a career you're going to give a shot at or what? I, when I, when I, um, yeah, because it was fun, okay. you know, and at, at that age it was fun. And I had also with my, with my uh, friend, Danny, my, my friend from my hometown, uh, we would do uh, Godspell. We did a little tour uh, okay. here and there. So I got more taste of it sort of out of the school right. realm, you know, and then when it came time for college, um, I, you know, I, I had real, we really didn't have guidance, even though we had a guidance counselor. Right. They didn't say what, what. I only applied to one school. I, I applied to Boston College because they had a wrestling team, and I had a crush on one of the guys from my wrestling, uh, the high school <laughs> wrestling team who went there. Follow them all, all the way to Boston. And they had a theater department. I went, okay. And so I went, I got accepted, I went. <clears throat> but while I was there, you know, uh, wrestling practices, and play rehearsals at the same time, you know. So sure. it was like professional wrestler, professional actor, professional wrestler, professional actor. So you so actually, wrestling. you actually thought about professional wrestling? Well, you know, not professional. So yeah, like like theatrical wrestling. <laughs> Just not that. Yeah, not yeah, that. But like Olympic, like going. Let me start on WWF. I mean, <laughs> right. But I was thinking, you know, do you, you know, you, you, I see these guys go to college and, yeah. and, and and junior Olympics and the Olympics and things, and so that that was definitely in my head. Wow. Um, it may have been a may have been a big dream when, that I was a good wrestler, but not a great wrestler. What'd you wrestle at? What was the uh, well? I started at one. Uh, I started at one fifteen. I wrestled. Uh, I graduated at one. Uh, I did one forty eight um, when I graduated high school. All right. And I still. Uh, I haven't recently, but but I still continued it past college. Um, a good friend of mine, Gene, started this program in San Francisco called the Golden Gate, Golden Gate Wrestling Club. And it's an amazing, amazing club, and we've always stayed in touch. And he coached 
a lot of East Coast schools before he moved out west. And um, I, I, you know, hung out with them. When I eventually moved to California, that was my home team, so to speak, even though I was in when L.A. The, when did you move out there? Um, Later on or, or this? Like 1985. Okay, all right. So. You know. <clears throat> but I, I've continued to wrestle throughout. And most recently, I was at the, the Gay Games in Cleveland, and I got a silver medal for the, um, the Legends division. But when you say most recently, how recently? That was 2014. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. And that was a year after my hip replacement. So. Oh, my God. Well, congratulations so can, well, on that. I will say, everybody, get hip replacement, whether you need it or not. <laughs> Best thing I ever did. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel it on my left side, so I'll, I'll take your word for it there. Oh, go, go. It's the best thing. And, best how did, thing. and how did you end up at Fordham? Well, then, yeah, my, my friend Danny, who I was, my, was my hometown buddy who did all these plays, he went to Fordham. Okay. I went to Boston College, and again... Uh, we would talk all the time and he says oh i'm directing this i'm acting in this i'm doing this and i said oh well we're reading the adding machine again and we're doing it you like it and, you know, <laughs> so after after talking my roommate out of leaving after one semester because he had girl problems mm -hmm. i turned around and transferred to fordham after one semester <laughs> <laughs> and fordham's is, fordham's is affiliated with what, like lincoln center or something something right some Campus I went to, not the oh. Rose Hill. There's Rose Hill, which is their right. sort of ivy on the walls you know, <laughs> right. campus. I went to the Lincoln Center campus, which is, um, you know, in the city. Yes. And it's one of the best things I did because you got to learn the city. You got to learn where to go. You got to know where Actors' Equity was and right. what backstage was and how to, how to use the subways and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, I see so many kids who come from Iowa State who are the best actors in the world. They come to the city and they're like, yeah, right. what do you do? So that was part of the education was living in the city. Right. So let's talk, right. let's talk about that. So, uh, so at that age, now you're, you're going to school, but you're in the heart of it. And are, are you now going to pursue? Are you going to do that? You're going to do back. That's my gonna... major. Yep. Okay. That was my major. I, I majored in theater. My father said, that's great. How are you going to make money? <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm like, oh, don't you just give me money? Doesn't how it works work that way? <laughs> right. It did for many years. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I studied. Uh, uh, it was a liberal arts school, so you did, you know, had your languages and you had religion. It was a, you know, a Jesuit, Jesuit school. school, yeah. And, um, but uh, theater and directing and makeup and, you know, so, shop. So what were the kind of things, uh, craft-wise, they were teaching you at, in, in that in Fordham like what was it just basic scene study stuff breath work yeah, it was, and you know act, acting one directing one it was, it was really simple things right. upstage where's upstage where's downstage right. where are you coming from who are you okay but what was wonderful is that our instructors were professionals Glenda mm. Dickerson was one of my uh, acting teachers um, D Dave Davis was the artistic uh, artistic director was the uh, chairman of the of the um, theater department and when he wasn't available his ex-wife would come in and that was Deborah Monk so Deborah was one of my teachers, you know, okay. at, at Fordham. So you, you get a lot of, you get the taste of what's, they're working and they right. get to share what's going on and what, what, what it really is to be an actor and, and, and what it takes to, um, to make it in the city, you know, and what you need to do in addition to, you know, the basics of get in touch with yourself and your inner self and your right, feelings, right. et cetera. But the biggest uh, plus for me was I had a mentor. His name was Arturo Catracala. And when I first came in in January just to sign up for the semester, he saw me and he went, <laughs> walked over to him and I was like, oh, I'm scared and everything. And he says, you're in theater, right? I went, yeah, how'd you know? I was like, I can tell. Okay, this is what you're taking. And he 
put me in all these courses. Okay. Some of them were like junior and senior classes, courses, and that I, I got into all the advanced classes. He put me in all these. And, and he directed a lot of the shows that were not on the main stage. So I did a lot, I, did, I assisted him on a few things. I did a lot of his sort of one acts. We did a lot of Sam Shepard. Mm. We did, he did a punk version of, um, of, of uh, Oedipus. And, oh, wow. You know, he had Clytemnestra in, in, in looking like Judy Jetson. <laughs> E-52s as the music. You know, so he was, he was sort of like this downtown artist before I knew of what that was. Right. And that's where I gravitated. And I did one, I think I did one uh, main stage show, but I did mainly the, these sort of uh, black box shows there. Well, that's great. So, so it's, a, you know, right off the bat, an apprenticeship in, in Manhattan, you know, in, in New York theater. Right. He, and, and this was all in school. I mean, he was yeah. a student too, but he, he, was, he, he treated Fordham as his little theater company. Right. And Liz, my friend Liz, who you spoke with, was a part of that as well. Oh, you know, wow. we did Action by Sam Shepard together. Oh, wow. Yeah, she didn't tell really me the, 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 her acting background. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Oh, Liz was in a few things. Yeah, it was quite wonderful. And um, one funny story from there, um, the play takes place and they're all passing a joint. You know, they're all smoked. So we thought, wouldn't it be great in rehearsals? Good Let's idea. Pass a joint. You know, Good we're doing idea. it and we <laughs> pass it around and, and we're like really into each other and we're talking and feeling it and it's the best. And rehearsal's over. We're like, oh my God. That was great. It felt so good. It felt honest and real. I was connected. And Arturo was directing. He was back there and he wrote one thing on his notes and he turned his boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He goes, okay, we've got that out of our system. Let's get back to the work. Sure, yeah. Once you're once you're baked, everything inside the baked area sound, feels interesting, but to everybody outside, it's not. Nothing <laughs> else right. did not translate right. in the least. So yeah. now you hit the streets, and it's like, uh, at that time, it was, you know, I mean, it was the newspaper backstage. I don't even think it's that anymore. But it, right. but did you do all that stuff too? And uh, I I did a little. I kind of dabbled in it. What I I, I I was staying since I was living in New Jersey and tra and, and um, traveling and commuting. Uh, it didn't give me a lot of time at first to uh, pursue something outside of school. Okay, I stayed pretty close to the school situation because also I was incredibly busy. Yeah. I was working on one show and doing another and also getting homework that I had to get done. And what really happened for me was that uh, at graduation, uh, Rod Marriott was one of my teachers. He was a direct, uh, uh, he was one of my director, directing teachers. Rod was the uh, literary manager of the Circa Repertory Company. Uh -huh. So at graduation, he says, well, what are you going to do? After school, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm, you know, I didn't apply to grad school. I, I didn't even. Again, I wasn't. Uh, I, I wasn't really super, super inquisitive. Things tend to fall on my lap. That's a just, that's a blessing. Or get guided <laughs> here and there. Oh, incredibly, incredibly. Right. So uh, he said, "What are you going to be doing?" I said, "I really don't know." He goes, "Well, why don't you be an intern at, at Circle Rep?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." And so uh, graduated in May, June, May, June, and then September started. Um, my internship at the Circuit Repertory Company, which completely turned my life around. Wow. That's where my whole career started. So for $50 a week, <laughs> I was, you know, getting coffee for Lanford Wilson wow. and, 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 and copying scripts for, you know, for, for the Young Playwrights Festival and, and stage managing a show and running sound on another show and just running, basically right. being an intern. And that introduced me to everybody there and being in the rehearsal rooms just that was my that was my grad school it right. was all sure on the job training you know i was really i was watching how it all worked how it all came together and 
one of those times, um, Bill Hoffman. <clears throat> this was this was this was. I did that for about a year. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but yeah, I did that for about a year. And, and while I was in that, I started looking at acting schools, okay, uh, classes, sure, and uh, did a little with the 78th Street Writer uh, Actors Lab uh, with Alice Spivak, and that was incredible. Stephen Sater, who eventually went on to write Spring Awakening, mm -hmm. was in my class, and so there's little things like that. And what are the kinds of things? Are, now you're outside of that that co college conservatory kind right. of vibe. Now you're out taking classes of, I would imagine, different sort of uh, approaches or methods or whatever. What is that? What were the first things that were hitting you? Well, what was what was wonderful is that I went from Fordham. I, I learned to just take of of of, of say, let, let's just say, a teacher taught you a page of things. Right. And I took the two or three things that really clicked for me, and then I took something from here and something from there, and that's really what I, I found myself doing with each acting class. Right. Uh, a relaxation exercise, or uh, an observation, mm -hmm. or you know, really how to, how to score your script. All those little things, I was slowly putting them together. Not consciously, but this is just, right. this, is, uh, this I'm related to, this I'm related to, this I'm related to, and it was just adding up. Right. And, um, while after my uh, internship, I became um, a member of the lab, Circle Rep Lab, and there we had sort of exercises and workshops and 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 readings and all, and that was really another extension of the on-the-job training because right. you were with a a loose company, so to speak, right. and working on plays. Uh, Michael Michael Patrick King, who created Sex in the City, and, okay. and all. new thing. Were you was it like new with the playwrights? All new, new work. Stuff. Okay. All new work. All new work. That's the, that was so great about Circle Rep is it was all new work. Right. It was all, all so it was really quite wonderful, and uh, even with the lab and and all, a lot of it was self created. A lot of the company members would create something, and Michael uh, along with Dan Bennell, um wrote this play called uh, uh, called Moscow, Moscow, Moscow. <laughs> and um, sorry, something's at the That's door. Right. In a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, oh, do what you got to do. What is Avon? What is Avon calling at this time for? <laughs> right. Actually, you know what? It's my pharmacy, ah. and they are the best. That's awesome. They just deliver. There you that's go. all. The, that's just and they deliver. Especially, so, in, especially in these times, that's awesome. So yeah, Circle Rep the Lab. Uh, oh yeah, the lab. So we, Michael Patrick King created the show called Moscow, 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 and what it was was. Um, these three sisters had a seagull infestation in their cherry orchard. <laughs> That's great. So they called the exterminators, and it was Mo, Larry, and Curly. Oh my God! And I was Larry. So, <laughs> so you know, we did things like that. We also read new plays and, and did a lot right. of breathing exercises and just you know all the actor right. uh, explorations right. that you have. And so while I was in the lab, um, this is where Bill Hoffman, you know. Uh, caught me in the hall one day and just said, Lou, can you come here? I want you to read a couple of scenes from this new play I've written. I said, okay, sure. And um, I said, what's the name of it? He goes, Two Loves. I was like, oh, Bill, <laughs> really? Anyway. <laughs> so we read the two scenes and then a few weeks later, four scenes and then six months later, six scenes. And okay. then eventually, eventually, eventually became as is. Okay. And we did workshops of it. And um, I had actually turned down a few because I had to work and make money, so I wasn't available to do them. But eventually, they came came around, and we did a production. Is that that's is is that the what what year are we talk, we're talking here? This is like eighty um, eighty something, eighty four, eighty five. And was that? Am I mistaken? Is this sort of the the first AIDS related play? 
exactly. Well, it was it was interesting. It was the, it was the first play about AIDS that it made to Broadway. Okay, all right. It, it was, we, was, we were writing, it was being written, and I always say we, because I always take ownership of it. <laughs> That's fine. We were, we, in a way, we were, because all this new information was coming to us every single day. Mm, every day, yeah. this medicine was working. This medicine was not working anymore. This was out. Change that. Sure. Change this. Uh, language. The word uh, AIDS wasn't them. It was still, uh, it was initially known as GRID. Really? Uh, Okay. Gay-related immune deficiency. No kidding. I don't remember that. Wow. That's what it was. That when it first appeared, it was known as it was called GRID. Wow. And then um, it was like HIV, LAV, whatever. Right. Not one, four, six, nine, or whatever. <laughs> right. And um, and then it eventually became AIDS, yeah. uh, acquired immune, immune deficiency syndrome. And so we, we were writing history. Yeah. Literally living it at the same at, time. In the moment that it was becoming right. what it was. We were in it, and um, Larry Kramer was writing Normal Heart, literally at the same time. Wow. And we opened within a week of each other off-Broadway, Circle mm. Rep, the public. And Larry, being Larry, as we know, got a lot of press because <laughs> Larry screams and yells, and God bless him. You know, God, he was the best, the best, the best. And ours was a more of a love story. It was, just, it was, a, more, it was a quieter play. Uh, but not, 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 but, um, and how was it as powerful? How was it received at the time? When, oh, it was, it was, it was huge. I mean, it was, it was raucous and silent. People didn't know they had to, they could laugh, you know, sure. we were, and that's what's great about Billy's play is that there was like laughter, but up against a real horrific moment mm. and scene and it shocked people, but it, but but it but it highlighted both. It, it heightened the, the 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 drama of it. It heightened the comedy of it because it was so it was it, it was so in a way nonsensical. Why are right. we being targeted? Right. You know why, why is it focused on us? And so black humor was huge. It was the darkest humor you could have. Right. And people did people were incredibly uncomfortable, but it was also very enlightening and and, right. and, and, and you know it really lifted people up well let's let's happened. let's take a, a little tangent here because when i yep. hear something I, I like to go off on a little road and especially yep. as related to the way kind of the world we're seeing shape us around us now that's what we're supposed to do that's what the art is it, you 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 want to be uncomfortable it, it, it's supposed to bring up that kind of stuff and right. audiences uh, are just too easily spoon-fed the sugar now it's too easy exactly exactly yeah. that. and we and we let people off the hook yeah you know, um, uh, another a great example of that is Tony Kushner's uh, Angels in America. He wanted to show that the the you know a guy shitting his pants. This is what happens when you when you get when you're sick. Right. Not just sort of pretty and hopeful, and everybody is all angelic, and people say I'm sorry. You know, there's angry. Yeah. Pissed off. Uh, um, you lose. You know, you become incontinent. You be, it, it's the worst part of the, that it could happen. And he wanted to make sure people knew that on stage. Right. So Tony was just an incredible. He's an incredible master. And I, I luckily got to, to play uh, Roy Cohn in that a oh, few years. Oh wow, ago. that's a fantastic part. Fantastic role. It's it is one. It is one of the best plays ever written. Mm. Period. Not just of this century right. ever. Right. Angels in America cannot. You can't. You can't. Uh, challenge me on that. It's one of the greatest plays. Greatest. But play. that's the uh, that's the thing is the is the, you know what our craft serves is the is this sort of, it's a safe room where you can ha you can experience that. You don't have to go out into the world and do it. You can do it there and right. feel it and empathize and connect in a way. And when you anesthetize that, and I think that's kind of what's happening now. We're doing in this weird 
safe and scared. Right. People are safe and scared. You know, it's like you can't be scared at all. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, we're 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 mirroring right. life. Right. You know, mirror up to life, and that's that's exactly what this is. So. Um, you know, I'm jumping ahead, but the sure. same thing with when, when Lanford wrote "Burn This." Yes, uh, Lanford Wilson wrote "Burn, Burn This." It was he wrote "Burn This" on each page because he said if he wasn't if it wasn't showing his most uh, being at his most vulnerable and most, um, you know, uh, he, the rawest raw, he could raw, be on right. the page, he'd have to rewrite it. But it has to be so so raw, so vulnerable. He has to write burn this on this. If you read it, then get rid of it, you know. Right. And that's what really moved him to write that as well. And that's the type of that's the plays that 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 stay with us, that affect us, that yeah. create the art that we see today that does move us and right. that says something and we're and not that, we're not well, out there you know uh, carrying a rucksack in afghanistan or anything but it takes courage to do that because right. you know you're giving it you're showing right. that to, to strangers who need to take it and ingest it you know exactly exactly i'm going to show you something that is so intimate i, I you need to be you need to see this yeah going to it's going to change you. It's going to affect you. Right. And Aziz did that. Aziz did that on so many levels. I mean, there are people, uh, the thing was, it was a hard play to uh, market because we were in it. Right. right. We were in it. We were living in it. And, um, and so people, so a lot of people said, I don't need to see a play because, because of that, because right. I'm living it every single day. And, and I feel that like today, if I see a play about, you know, Zoom, <laughs> about the pandemic i'm not i'm like oh please right exactly looking at you know exactly I, I, you're not going to give me something that's going to change my life because i'm in it i'm, so, I'm living so that thing started off broadway and it eventually went to broadway correct right. and was right. that your broadway debut exactly so uh, what the was light, all right the lyceum theater yeah i was well what was also pretty amazing is that well i'm going to step back just a little bit while i was rehearsing uh we were still rehearsing it at circle rep um i was diagnosed uh with aids really uh, while i was in rehearsal and terrifying at that <laughs> terrifying yeah, it was a death sentence at that sure. time it was 1983 and it was my mother's birthday i remember february wow. 13th and uh i had gone in a few weeks prior because i just had a cold that wasn't going away and um while he was there the doctor said what's that thing on your leg this little purple thing i said oh i don't know i've had that for a while i don't know it's... so he took a biopsy back then it took a little longer than usual two weeks later i come back and um it's he gave they made me the last appointment of the day they closed the office. Wow. All the doctors and nurses and staff were in the room with me. And I'm like, I'm looking around. Wow. Going, uh, guys, what? What's what going on? Well, Lou, we have something to tell you. It was that somber and wow. that. And I was like freaking out. Not freaking. I was freaking out because of what they were. They didn't tell me anything yet. <laughs> right. I was freaking out just like, what's going on here? It's usually just me and the doctor. Right. Twilight Zone episode all of a sudden. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> and so I. Um, so they said, well, we have something to tell you. You have um, Kaposi's sarcoma. You have AIDS. I was like, uh, whoa. And like, I'm literally in rehearsal, you know, in wow. rehearsal. So like wow. it's, in my, it's been in my head and in my being for, for a while now. And I said, well, what happened? Go, well, you have to go to the hospital. I'm like, when? Well, now. Oh, wow. And I went, I, I said, I can't have rehearsal. <laughs> and I left. Oh, really? I went right to rehearsal, and I didn't see doctors for about a year. Now, that's an actor right there. I that's an actor. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm, uh, and like the doctor was in the village, so it wasn't too far away. And I'm walking, I'm like, uh, and I tell the director, Marshall Mason, 
and uh, the stage manager, Fred Reinglass, and they were the only pe people I told. Wow. And, um, but I will say, art, theater saved my life because that was my therapy. That was my, every day I was in that play, seeing those lines, uh, saying those lines, creating those characters. I had eight roles in the play. <laughs> right. And uh, Bill, Bill was generous. <laughs> uh, and I was living it every day. And I remember I was sitting on Broadway uh, the way Marshall uh, staged the production, the in the final scene, uh, Rich and Saul are in the hospital room, wow. and we're sort of seated around them on this little dais, and we're all watching this final scene. And I sat there, and it went through my head. I was like, you know what? If I die tomorrow, I've achieved every actor's dream. I'm on Broadway. Wow. Made it to Broadway, and so I'm like, I'm good. I'm good with that. Wow. And I was, it was like, it was this moment. That I was like. <sighs> That's incredible. The 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 the, uh, the wrong word is serendipity. It's synchronicity. The, the just the way that the way they're supposed to. I mean, I things happen. That. Yeah, it's it's the way they're supposed to. There are no accidents. No accidents. So you yeah. said you didn't see anyone for a year, and and that was the state. Was that still? Uh, that was a death sentence. And we're that, still in the stage that AD, where that was AZT time. Right, and people are still kind of even terrified about con physical, like shaking hands, and it was. Oh, was, I didn't see any. Oh, please, and a, a celibate immediately. Wow. You know, I walked around like this. I'm not saying it was fun and comfortable and mm -hmm. easy. And I was like, oh, hey, I have AIDS. It's okay. I'm doing it. <laughs> right. yeah, trust me. It wasn't that. It wasn't fun. But it was, uh, you know, it kicked, kicked me in the ass. And um, <clears throat> um, and I just focused on the play. And right. I focused on my career. And uh, I, got my, I got an agent. I did my first Broadway play. I then moved to Los Angeles after that. It was all like... So, so when did, at what point, I mean, I'm, we'll probably bounce around here a little bit, but at yeah. what point does that, is that managed to a point where you can, you can refocus on, like, is, is it constant going on as you're working? Constant, constant, constant. constant. Okay. It's always, it's always there. Now, but I will say, I, I, what I, I say is I have AIDS, it doesn't have me. Right. And I've always said that. It doesn't run me. Right. I run it. I, I, I handle it. I control it. I try to heal it, whatever. And um, I was very lucky that the capacity, you know, like I didn't have, I wasn't HIV positive. I had AIDS. I had full blown AIDS. Wow. Okay. So I went right. I went right. You know, I don't, I don't take my, <laughs> yeah, I don't waste right. my time. I don't waste my time. I just go right to the front of the line. <laughs> and um, so I, um, I was lucky that the, 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 the lesions weren't anywhere visible. Okay. Nothing on my face or on my torso, my arms, my legs. No, it was, there was one in my throat. There was mm. one sort of behind here. There was under my, under my feet, uh, on, the, on the soles of my feet. And so it wasn't visible to anybody. And I wasn't sick. I wasn't. That's, that was my question is because you're, yeah. you're moving to Los Angeles, you're getting an age, you're working. You right. Know? Yeah. And back yeah. then it was and again. I again. I, I I was very thankful that it didn't appear anywhere. And like as you see, pictures of people who've had it all over their bodies. Right, right. Um, like Cohn had it eventually all over himself, and and um, other people uh, and friends of mine. Multiple, multiple. You know, like sure. hundreds, hundreds sure. of hundreds of people who aren't here anymore. Um, a lot of them had you know really severe cases of it, and I didn't. So um, what was the what was the care that allowed you to? Were you getting so well, it was mostly it was mostly my it was mostly my 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 attitude that's incredible really, I, mean, I wasn't taking any meds at wow, all wow that's incredible i didn't take any meds whatsoever for about a year and then i and then that next year in, in california got a new doctor and i said by the way i have aids he goes what 
I said, yeah, you sure? I went, yeah, I have AIDS. <laughs> you sure? Yes, I do. And so he took a blood test. Oh, wow, you have AIDS. I said, yeah, I told you. Yeah. And that's when I started AZT and wasn't on it for long, um, thank God, uh, because that one, as with most of these medicines at, the, at that time, we were all guinea pigs. Sure. Um, it, it destroyed everything. You know, it just killed everything in your system to try to get at that right. bug. So it was just we're throwing everything at the wall and see what sticks. You know, it was, it was that was that kind of that that was the treatment. You know, right. until they came up with the cocktail of the protease inhibitors and everything. Wow. So, um, but what I did do, I had to. But I tried a lot of alternative therapies. Once I got to Los Angeles, it was oh all, yeah, there you it go. All started there. A lot of herbs <laughs> out in Los Angeles. <laughs> herbs, uh, Louise Hay. I was I was uh, I was one of the early um, uh, uh, worshippers. Okay. Louise Hay. Uh, Sally Fisher, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, yeah, that one. Okay. okay. Well, they were all starting all around the time I moved to Los Angeles. Okay. Sally Fisher is, is Fisher Stevens' mom. Oh, okay. And she started a program called Northern Lights. Um, Marianne Williamson was. Um, Course uh, of Miracles. And... Course of Miracles, thank you. I, right. I, I met her, I never, follow, I never did the Course of Miracles. And Louise Hay was this amazing, amazing woman. Look her up, you, you'll, you'll be blown away. Uh, she passed a few years ago. But she started her, what's known as the hayride, and it would have people come together and groups come together and speak about this new disease and about healing. And so, and she, and she had her holistic ways of breathing and visualizations. Sure. And she, you know, sugar uh, was always bad for your system. In that, uh, um, still is. <laughs> so she would. Uh, she was also aware when when people speak. It's very important about what you say. Because your body doesn't know you're joking. Mm -hmm. So when you make a joke or you're self-deprecating, you, or, uh, self you right. know, your body doesn't know you're doing it. So she didn't want you to say things like call someone honey or sugar or sweetie. <laughs> Very careful of things like that. Wow, weird. that's some deep manifestation stuff going on there. Right. <laughs> it's also into um, a lot of visualization, right. uh, neurology. Wow. So there's a lot of things going on. And, and I remember my friend Louis Nassani was one of the first persons who was diagnosed with AIDS and then diagnosed that he didn't have AIDS. Wow. That he cured. Yeah. Just through this sort of this medicines as well. Yeah, right. Holistic. You know, and I, I incorporated East and West. Sure. I took, all, I took whatever was going. Hindu, pray for me. I'll take it. You know, right. I'll take whatever you have thrown at me. And we were in uh, California. I just sort of got there and getting learning my way around. Um, had joined the wrestling team, so I was aware. Right. That, that was <laughs> but um, uh, I was, we were in a meeting once at, at, I think it was Louise's house, I'm not sure, but it was just around a small table, about maybe eight, ten of us, Louise, Marianne Williamson, Sally Fisher, my friend Louie, myself, and a couple of others. That was just the beginning of, 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 of Louise Hay and the Hayride, which wow. has then since expanded into, we had to go to uh, Plummer Park, which was this huge arena, had a huge sort of a, a meeting hall. And then these other, it just exploded over the, over the next few months and years. It became an amazing, amazing wow. um, uh, program that you would go to, um, similar to, you know, similar to uh, 12 step programs, you know, we right. would come, you talk about our fears and, and it was an incredible sharing moment and it was meditative. It was, it and was did you, and did you find, uh, physical healing? Did you find result? You could see that your, your mindset was changing your, well, that was a lot of it too. It was, it was you know, just right. re, re, you know, uh, refigure those tapes, wow. you know, get rid of those negative tapes, 
right. replaced with the positive ones. And it was a lot of, you know, a lot of just sort of positive thinking. Norman Vincent Peale. Right, right. You, are, you, really. do, are you familiar with the, what's the, uh, Joe Dispenza and that whole crap? You know, you no. should take a look at uh, that, those guys because that's kind of the newer version of the newer wave oh. of that. Dr. Joe Dispenza and, you oh. know, they, they operate on sort of a quantum physics idea that all of this stuff that seems woo-woo is really actually based in actual physics that if you can change your reality in your mind you change the physical reality of your body and who was that um cousins uh cousins oh yeah um i'm bad with names i think so right but, but like like, uh, like deepak chopra all those type of guys yeah, are like a cancer guy right uh, right 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 but like saying like before you go to bed watch watch a comedy yes yeah don't watch some dark negative stuff. Watch something happy up and that'll again. It's right. all about the it's all vibration and, and, and energy transfer. And all right. All right. So it, cool. So you're in addition to the doctor stuff and right. I was going and I was getting also but I was also getting interferon injections, which sure. made me incredibly sick. Mm. Uh, and then um, I was getting radiation. It was something called. Um, oh, forget the name of it now. But they were literally injecting my lesions. Direct oh, God. And, and so I, I was like this pin cushion with these red blotches oh, over the place. They were trying everything. They yeah. didn't know. They were trying everything right. they could. And I was too. I was like, go for it. What, what am I going to have to lose? You know, really? Right. So in I, addition to my regular doctors too. So they were like, go for You know, they, they were encouraging. It's like, whatever works for you, go for it, go for it, go for it. Well, clearly, uh, there's two things that are coming up as a theme. One is this sort of um, even coming out of school uh, and and not with this uh, super planned out idea. It's sort of like, well, of course I belong there. Of course I, I should be doing this. This is kind of where I'm going to be. This, and it's the same attitude here. It's, it's you know, look, uh, I, this is my life. This is what's happening. Just let's do it. And I say, I tell you, it's the best thing. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. There's a, really, a relaxing bliss to it. I really mean that. Being diagnosed was one of the best things because it taught me to take care of myself. Right. Um, I was, again, as I was saying earlier, I was incredibly spoiled. My parents just never said no to us. And so we didn't want for anything. But we'd also, it took away thought. It took away right. our own sort of self. My mother would always say self-preservation. I'm like, okay, but how do you, what, what does that mean? Right. And how do I go again? And, and you, you, you mean a job? What is that? Yeah. I, Daddy gives me money and it works, right? <laughs> right. So, you right. know, it, 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 I grew up. I yeah. grew up. I started taking care of myself. And I had to look, oh, this is what it takes to right. eat, to exist, right. to take care of yourself. And so it was, it was, it was an incredible education. And still it continues to be. Right. This is 30, we're talking 30, um, 1983, I kept, uh, 37 years later, whatever. Right. All right. Never, so let's, uh, so, so you're in Los Angeles now, uh, and this is right before burn this how do you get back are you working out there and how do you get I'm, back I'm here doing, doing some plays out there i did um <clears throat> joe pintaro wrote uh rafter the medusa which was his aids play and so i was in the west coast premiere of that out there and and, and met a few people and i also I, I went to the groundlings i studied the Groundlings. oh really well that's cool yeah. And that was fantastic. Why? Um, Why was that? What was there going on? Well, because it was just improv. Just opened up a whole other. I never you know, just, just opened up a whole other world for me, and just kind of talk about a freedom and a release. Wow. Um, and I was uh, lucky enough to be in a class with uh, watching uh, Lisa Kudrow. Oh wow! And she was. I watched her go to. The, I'd go to the shows and I'd watch her create what we know today as Phoebe <laughs> character. So you'd watch her put the pieces together and build that character slowly. And that's what it was. It was an incredible workshop of, of, of creating these characters. And um, I, I met one of my best friends, Randy, uh, Randy um, Bent, 
Randy Bennett. Uh, he was my teacher, and eventually he came to New York, and I taught some classes here with him. Uh, I've gone out on my own and taught little things well, here. Let me there. let me stop you there for a second, because uh, this is a fun little landing spot for a second. What was the difference between um, improv training and uh -huh. what, and what you had been doing? Was that were there correlations? Was it very different? Was it you know? It was incredibly different because you were never. You, you were always on your feet and you were always pushed to 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 the next level the next level you never got to rest <laughs> and think right. you know as we know thinking is the death of good acting yes it is worse for improv because there's not a, you know you're, you're, you miss this incredible beat or two because you're thinking about something you're just going off that instinct wow. you know, give, give some a situation and a character and go and an incredible amount of freedom and so it also just it let you make it made you trust it was a lot of a lot of trusting your instinct mm. trusting that first choice is the right choice and if it isn't you're not going to die right. you know you fall on your face you have friends around you they'll lift you up or they'll step on you whatever it is it's it's, it's all okay right. you know i had a major fear of falling because i've never my parents would catch me before i hit the ground right so the idea of falling and failing is was like oh my god oh my god and so so it scares you it stops you mm. improv complete opposite absolutely pushed me and opened and 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 i became freer and i got in touch with the the sillier side of me <laughs> and the little more literate side of me you know I, I i you know sometimes i think oh i'm not that smart you know and and in improv you come up with something you're like oh my where'd that come from <laughs> you, you current events and you it, it gets stored and it comes out this way and right. you make a point this way and you react that way and you follow the leader and, you and i would imagine that. i would imagine the moment to moment stuff with the with the people you're working with is heightened because yeah, you're you're connected and they're with you and you're playing this incredible game with each other a, a verbal physical game that has seems to have no rules but is does you know obviously does right but seems to have just this but this this expanding wall because you can go bigger and you can go this way and big bigger is better yeah, that's what i tell my students i'm like in this class bigger is better <laughs> go for that go for that high note guy we can always bring you down right right, go right. For that high note. Go for the bigger and it just is just it's it's incredibly f freeing and it's an amazing amount of fun and incredibly skillful yeah and There's that's what the, the balance there is incredibly satisfying when you can hit a scene, hit a character. And, right. All and right. So, so what eventually gets you turned? You, we were, we were on a road to getting back here. So, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm in LA. Right. And I'm, and I just got, I like went out there to sort of see what pilot season was all about <laughs> as is. And I, um, ended up staying, you know, and that was around 84. You know, as it was like 84, 85, and uh, why was I back? I can't were you, remember. Well, first of all, were you getting uh, like, you know, guest spots or were you doing Most, kind of No, mostly, mostly uh, one or two. Like I under wasn't five a, I, type stuff. Like, I, I, you know, my agent situation was odd, and um, I just felt there wasn't. I was first with ICM. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was me and Tom Hanks, and, and like, yeah, who's going to get that right, one? Yeah, right. You know, so it wasn't exactly about I, I, what I've always wanted. I always wanted someone to sort of like, like a manager, a real one-on-one -on -one to kind of like guide you and shape right. you in this way. And I kind of really didn't have something like that. And um, I was asked to come back to New York. After, like I said, I was doing a lot of plays. Um, I took some classes, going to the gym because I'm a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
uh, you know, and, and really focusing on my health, I'll be right, honest with you. Right. So that was really, that was a, because it was that those first couple of years was really a focus on that. Right. And so the, the, the career wise was, a, was not consciously, but it was secondary right. at that point. And I came back to New York and I can't, you know, that's a great question. I have no idea why I was <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, you got back here. So there I was. I was in New York. Yes. <laughs> we'll just beam you back. <laughs> yeah. And one of the great things about uh, Circle Rep was that every Friday we would uh, close down the theater and the offices and we would all gather in a room and a new play would be read. Ah. At three o'clock every Friday. And it was maybe one person at the answering the phone but everything else was closed wow and we'd pack into this room and they'd read a new play by our company of playwrights and this um this particular friday was uh, lamford wilson's new play and marshall who had marshall mason one of the co-founders of circle rep along with um lamford wilson and tanya berrison and rob Thierkild, um marshall directed me in as is and he gave me the script of Burn This and said, you know, no one, uh, no actor has read this role yet. Over all the writing workshops and, and groups that Lanford has been a part of while he was creating this, other writers were reading all the roles, mm. as they do. They just got to hear the script. They got to hear the lines and the words. But no other actor had ever read it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I read it, and I kind of read it through quickly. And he wrote the play for Nancy Snyder, who's a company member. And Nancy read it. And he wrote it for Jeff Daniels. Jeff, by that time, was Jeff Dan was becoming Jeff Daniels. Okay. And so John Hogan, Jonathan Hogan, uh, read it. And for the other role, they asked John Malkovich. <laughs> and, oh, I know what it was. I came back to, to read for, it was prior to that. Prior to Burn This, they were doing, um, John had directed Bomb and Gilead at Steppenwolf. And they Malkovich, were it, Malkovich did. Yeah. Malkovich was directing the, the, the Steppenwolf production of, right. of Amon Gilead in New York, bringing it to Circle Rep. And Steppenwolf and Circle Rep were always kind of like brother-sister. You know, they were right. always kind of like our Midwest yeah, version. The Chicago-friendly, yeah. Yeah. Brothers. And, um, and so this is the first time we ever kind of collaborated on a piece, and they brought in that. And I auditioned for it for John, and I didn't get it. And I saw it. It was, I don't know, did you ever, did you I see didn't, it? No, I didn't. It was. <laughs> Um, and all set to the soundtrack of uh, uh, Springsteen's Born to Run. And oh, it was, wow. Man, it was just incredible. And, you know, cast of thousands. And <laughs> it was Danny Stone. It was Laura, uh, Laurie, um, Laurie Metcalf, uh, Glenn Headley, no. uh, Gary Sinise. All the step, all the Steppenwolf. All the Steppenwolf go-to guys, yeah. along with all of our Circle Rep go-to guys. Yeah, right. You know, the cast was like, there's like 30 <laughs> with the cast. It's huge. Anyway, so back to that. So then uh, that Friday reading came and um, they asked John. John was in town. John read Act One in a cab coming over. <laughs> so we sit down, we read the play. Four hours later, <clears throat> Lanford's holding the discussion as, as the act, play, playwrights do. And it was an incredible, it was very moving. It was really quite wonderful. And as I was leaving, I had the script, the binder in my hand. I said, Marshall, you know, this is mine. I'm not going to give it up. And he said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's it. You just, just when in doubt, hang on to the script and they have to, have to keep you in it. <laughs> That was burning in. Wow. And that's how that started. And so, then we... so as this thing develops, what's it like to be an actor in a, in a piece that's developing like that, that, that? Well, what was wonderful about Circle Rep is that all we did was new plays. Yeah. So we were always involved in, we were all involved in that rehearsal room. Everyone's voice was okay. valued. Everyone's voice was valued. 
And again, not that we wrote the play, but we offered insight. Sure. And we talked. And like, same thing as is to all the little plays it is with the lab, to as is, to burn this. There was always that collaborative feel. And mm -hmm. that's the greatest part of being part of that company. The greatest part about new plays is that we're, and I still do that today, when I were, and I do mainly new plays. But we, we were all in that room. We're creating together and we're bonding together through that as well, you know. And right. even though it's not my role, I have a, I, can, I, I, I know I have a freedom in that room to comment on it, even right. though it's not my part, you know. And they have someone can comment on mine. I'm like, oh, right. that's it. I know I didn't think of that. So I'm always open for for everyone's point of view. And yeah, you take what you take, and you don't what you don't. Right. It's not the end of the world. Uh, and so that was really exciting. We started work on it, and the, we we started work on it back in Los Angeles. We we did it at the Mark Taper Forum. That's where we started the play, okay. which was a first for us. Because Marshall and Gordon Davidson had a relationship. Uh, Gordon directed me in um, uh, Dark Angel, Michael Christopher's play, um, at Circle Rep. Uh, Patty, uh, uh, Bobby Lupone, mm. uh, Mary McDonald, uh, Tom Aldrich, uh, Joseph Summer, great cast. Mm. Okay, play. Great. <laughs> and um, that was one of my first. So you uh, started it out there, and then it, at the it, taper, we did it at the taper, and at the taper, it was four hours long. And <laughs> yeah, and we were working and working. I was living in, you know, home was Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. I was, for me, that was great. Um, I lived at home. <clears throat> and, you know, we're working it, we're working it, and we're getting, you know, comfortable, and we're getting used to everybody in Marshall's ways. Marshall was always like, uh, if we're working on scene three tomorrow, you have to have it memorized. So we walk in, we just run the scene verbally, and if you screw up, we start again. Mm. But this way you can just do the scene comfortably with, you know, right. scripted, not scripted. Yeah. We're working, we're working, and we're doing the play, we're doing the play, and one, I remember one rehearsal, <laughs> uh, Lance comes in and says, um, all right, pages 15 to 35, cut them. We're all like, <laughs> what? And we're doing the play, and we're still doing the play at night. Wow. We were rehearsing during the day, doing the play at night. So that, and we're all like, what? No, we can't be. No, and we're fighting. We're screaming. No, we can't. That's my role. That's my biggest line. Wow. I, his character, my character wouldn't say that, you know, all that. And so then we're on stage and we're doing the scene and like we're in those scenes that were going to be cut tomorrow. And we're like, oh, you know what? He's right. You know, wow. these, these, these scenes don't work. <laughs> wow. He knows what he's doing. Wow. So we did. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. It was just cut and trim, cut and trim, right, rehearse right. during the day, play at night, rehearse. And then day. when does it come back and it looks like it's going? Well, it's the, the, the idea was always going to Broadway. Right. I think so that was the, that's, that's right. that was the idea, but we had to do a lot of trimming, but we first, we stopped at Steppenwolf. We went to Chicago. Mm. We did it Steppenwolf. That was about a month in Chicago. That was incredible because again, more work is being done on the flag. And, um, Steppenwolf has a, an opening night, uh, tradition within it's open to all veterans and there's a scene in the play <clears throat> where Malkovich's character Pale and Hogan's character uh, Burton have a fight in the uh, second act I, and we're all on stage at the point <clears throat> because it's part of a New Year's Eve party uh, uh, evening <clears throat> well this fight starts and this audience gets on its feet screaming <laughs> and they're obviously all on john's side they all want john to win and beat the shit out of hogan so they're just screaming and yelling and scrubbing like i was so afraid they were going to rush the stage That's i was crazy. just back i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god you know, i'm just doing what i had to do but you were watching it just explode and that was 
terribly it was terrifying and so exciting to get that reaction yeah from, i mean you never and, in a, you never in a, any play but a straight play get a uh get a rock and roll atmosphere is <laughs> exactly exactly that. that's awesome so that was wild um <laughs> it, it also was a point a really turning point for john and i versus marshall and lanford because they stopped speaking to us because we kept fighting about i don't i can't take this cut you know and you know you as you're working on a play, you own that role. Yeah. More so than the act than the writer does. Sure. You know what's going on. You know how he would speak and breathe and, and walk and 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 so we were fighting and fighting and fighting. It was and, and wow. John was just screaming about uh, well, we weren't screaming, but you yeah. know, we were fighting for our roles, you know, sure. for our part. And Marshall and Lev just stopped speaking to they did <laughs> notes, but that was kind of it. And then we eventually then we had to go to circle. We had to go to Circle Rep to honor the subscribers. Okay. But uh, that theater was full. The show was going on. We, so we did it at Theater 890, Michael Bennett's Theater, which was 890 Broadway. I don't, it's not there any longer. Mm. But um, so we were there for about two and a half, three weeks. And John had to go shoot um, Empire of the Sun. Oh, wow. And so uh, Cotter Smith came in. And Cotter's fantastic. He was great as well. So that was... Again, another sort of adjustment. It's like right, right. I, I've only seen one pail. I've only seen one guy. <laughs> sure. Only done. And I was still young. I was, you know, I was still growing and with with what I'm doing and all. So uh, that was an adjustment. And then we moved to Broadway, and um, it was crazy because we had done the play for so long. It was right. really in our guts, and it was down to a swift three hours by then. Nice. Had a whole hour. <laughs> So what well, is that? What is that experience like when, especially when you've invested so much uh, spirit and energy and soul and 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 like you said, ownership into it, and it gets to the big stage? And first of all, what was that opening night like? And then, well, and, it, it, and were you all sitting around waiting to hear what happened, kind of a thing? Like we said, well, it, it was amazing on two levels. You know, I was like, it, we were coming in with something that was tried and it was tested mm -hmm. and, and we felt so confident and we felt so good with it and we were so in love with it. and it's a great play it's a great yeah. great great play and um it's also Lambert's AIDS play it, that's it, the words. it, re that's it really word. is it's like a metaphor uh, you know the boat accident is kind of like a kills an artist kills these kills artists. the gay artist yeah right and then my my I have one line Larry has a line with Burton in the in the second act saying you know an immune system yeah I heard it's a good thing to have <laughs> right. that's the only sort of like Right. mentioned the whole thing but right. it was very much that and uh which i was also proud to bring to the stage and but we came in confident and, and, and comfortable and, and all it was exciting and you know star studded i mean spielberg came to see us wow, in la cool he asked me if i had any tape i'm like no <laughs> oops <laughs> uh, but i did give him herbs about because i was had some science situation we were talking about herbs and he goes oh yeah because uh you know uh kate is telling me about herbs and i said yeah chinese herbs and we're talking about acupuncture that's great you know, Madonna and Sean Penn came, wow. and uh, in New York we had uh, Dustin Hoffman came, wow. and I was just like, it was crazy, and I was just sort of pop into John's dressing room. Oh, John, say good night. Oh, hi, Dustin. Hi, nice to meet you. And what was the? Uh, but, I, it was, was it a hit right off the bat? It was right. I mean, it was. Well, yeah, yeah it was a, it was mixed. It was it was mixed to good. You know, okay. uh, it was picky thing because it's it is a, there's a red herring here and there, and it's not complete here and there, and you know, and John and and that the problem with it is that if you have a character who kind of can overpower, yeah, Anna, it becomes un, uh, unbalanced. Right, right, right. It was well, uh, Joan, Joan, Joan Allen, right? Joan Allen was, and she was fantastic. John can be can you know tilt tilt the scales. Yes. Um, 
and since and then after that we had Eric Roberts right. with Lisa Emery. Mm. And Lisa Emery you now know from maybe from Ozark. Oh yeah, but, okay. You know, she's the that the crazy one. Yes, the, absolutely. Get the character's name. The the, the mother, the, the Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Lisa's fantastic. And very powerful herself. Fantastic. Yeah. So she understudied Joan. And when Joan left, Joan and John left together after six months. Joan, uh, Lisa came in and then Eric came in. And so that was a whole other way, right. thing. But uh, opening was kind of interesting. Opening week was weird because <laughs> I had a sinus infection. And so I was deaf. And so <laughs> I couldn't hear a thing. But I watched people's mouths move. And when they stopped, I knew I could speak. It was because I know the rhythm of the play, the music of the play. You know, I was, we were comfortable with it. You know, I was just like, going, "What? Well, I wow. can't hear it." It was, it was really, it was kind of wild. So, um, and no, the interesting thing about because this is eighty-seven, six, eighty-seven, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, yeah, something like that. And your character, the character he wrote in that, kind of became sort of a template for a lot of that sort of next-door neighbor. Yeah, right. You know, the gay best friend. The gay, gay best friend. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. that was we've seen that a zillion times since then. Right. And then the the uh, I was offered a play called um, oh, just went out of my head, and I turned it down because it was basically the same, same character. character. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, part of me regrets it. I probably should have you know, should have stayed in New York a little long because I went home right to L.A. Right. thinking I'd go get onto TV immediately. <laughs> so let's talk that about before we get you into uh, film and television. Let's talk about the Tony experience. What, what was oh. the what was the first inklings that it was like? Hey. We might well, be, holy shit, whoa. You know, people were, uh, I got stopped on the street once in a while, and that was kind of exciting. <laughs> and um, you know, we opened around, I think, October or so. And so we had fall and winter, and, you know, the nominations don't come out till like, April or May. Um, but it really wasn't really not, it was in the back of my head, you know, a little ego of mine was like, <laughs> and, um, you know, looking around, looking around, people were talking it around me, and you try not to join in the conversation because it's, you know, oh, look at me, I, I might get dominated. But it felt good. It felt, you know, I, I, I sneaked, I, I, I didn't read any reviews. I don't read reviews till after a show is finished. And I, so good I read some from LA and Chicago, but not any New York ones. And, but people kept telling me, oh, it's good. Frank Rich said something good about that. <laughs> and I read them later and it was, it was very nice. It was very good. Um, uh, so, you know, I tried not to acknowledge it, sure. obviously, or, 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 because it could influence your, your performance. You know, Absolutely. Even, uh, who, who was it? Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Looking right at him. We did uh, Angels Fall. Um, uh, Fritz Weaver. Fritz Weaver. Okay. So Fritz Weaver, um, we were talking about something other, and he said about reviews, he says, I don't read them. He says, good or bad, they're going to affect your performance. You know, um, if if someone writes, oh, in that in the second act where he sh he opens that window and looks out <laughs> into the world, you know the the meaning of life is <laughs> so you know you get to that point, you're like, oh, yeah, you exactly, right. I'm, I'm changing the world. So uh, put you, or, put you right in your head, and as we said, thinking for acting is bad. So that's number one. Death of acting. So I oh, I took that to heart. I didn't read any reviews till afterward. I still do to this day. But you could also feel it in the audience. Okay, right. The show is going when it's crackling, when it's hitting. And and Lanford wrote a fantastic role in Larry, and I just ate it up and spit it out. And and I could, you know, you could feel the audience in your hands, you know, yeah. following and, and and laughing and crying and being afraid and. Yeah. Going and all, going on all that, that that journey that you've always you want them to go with you. And so it felt good. We felt positive. We felt comfortable. 
And that character for you was the, was the, you were the one type of guy who could kind of take a little from John. You could steal a little of the the, the, yeah. the juice. Out it, of it. Yeah. yeah, it was it was great. I, I would honestly off stage. I would just watch he and Joan. Just that was my acting class. I was uh, just watching them do the stuff. And then for me, it was like it was t- playing tennis with a better player. Because it just it would just make you better. It would just make you better. And and John was like, John is one of the funniest man you've ever met, and the gentlest and the kindest guy in the world. My parents my came all the time. My my mother had this club called the Jolly Jolly Jills, and they were friends who met every 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 other Tuesday since high school. Wow. So they're like in their sixties and fifties and sixties and seventies. So they my mother brings one or two every Wednesday matinee. You know, <laughs> Aww. Over the, course of the play so one day uh we back uh, florence uh, my mother brings florence skunavaca and they're wearing their furs and all and, um, and uh, john says oh you know i'm so sorry about the language and it's like oh john please we read danielle Steele, <laughs> the greats <laughs> the, the literary greats <laughs> one one the, the first time my mother actually met john was out in los angeles my partner at the time joel um flew my family out to see the show my brother i mean my, my my mother my father my sister and i was doing the play and i hear a laugh and i'm like oh my that sounds like my mother but, but she's not here she's in new york back in jersey How about finish the play it was the same night that madonna and sean penn were there and so joel was backstage with me and he's and thinking about la nobody comes backstage they get in their car they go home oh okay no, no there's none of that that we have interesting in i didn't know that okay a little yeah Plus, it was a four-hour play. Right, they wanted true. to get on the highway and get home. <laughs> right. So I'm kind of like, is, is Madonna coming? Like, why are you coming? <laughs> and, and, and Joel is back. I'm like, why are you here? I said, for Madonna? I'm like, why, why, are you, why are you at the show? You saw this 10 times already. And he goes, well, Madonna's not here, but look who is. And my mother walks in Oh, the room. my God. And then my father and then my sister. It was like, oh, that's great. My mother was wearing a fur coat, fur hat, sunglasses. <laughs> in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> and great. she meets him. Because it, it was like February or March. Or February. It was cold. It was chilly. And uh, she meets John. And John sees her and goes, I want to play you in a movie. <laughs> I want that character. That's great. And so she was always like, oh, John. Oh. So, you know, so we're in New York. We, and every week she brings those people. Um, his final performance, my parents and their friends bought out the first two rows of the show of the theater brought a van with people wow. and i was telling everybody telling john about this and um prior to prior to that night john had told uh my mother had told john you know that you know that tea scene you're in with lewis he's like yeah um you know I, I, his back is to the audience too much <laughs> what and so i'm like mom you know, mom's throwing some direction <laughs> So at that performance, John went downstage oh, with his back to the audience and did the entire play up. So I had to face him the entire scene. That's great. Then at my at the curtain call, he gave me the final bow. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great. That's a great guy. That's awesome. And gave, uh, and gave me his flowers. Oh wow. So this is really yeah. My parents were just. That's so awesome. Do you, do you still uh, you still get to stay in touch with John and, and that? Yeah, whole, off and on. You that, know, that off and crew. on. We, we we for a while, and then then he's kind of he moved to France for a while, and I right. think he's up in Boston right now. But it's it's uh, for a while we did. We're not 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 incredibly generous, very generous. So let's let let me get back and wrap up this this portion of it yeah. with when you get nominated because this is a big. I mean, this is a huge moment. Yeah, so huge. what what is that? What would how did you find out? What was the whole thing like? I was. Uh, 
I was subletting an apartment in the city and, uh, you know, should we turn them on? Should we not turn them on? You kind of turn the TV on and you kind of watch it. And, uh, you know, my friends from LA were on the phone as it was listening. So it was all kind of happening all at once. It was kind of hit you from all over wow. and, and you're just kind of blown away. Uh, I felt, I felt, you know, there was a part of me that said, I kind of thought I might be because, I felt so good because it it the part is so well written, mm -hmm. and it is a it, it is an integral part of that play. Um, and the other the other um, plays that season and Butterfly, oh, wow. um, uh, Two Trains Running, um, what's the one um, about uh, Breaking the Code? Mm. You know, so there was there were some you know pretty decent thing and uh, mammoths uh, you know uh, speed the plow wow around too so uh i just had a feeling you know something would happen and, was that the one madonna just, did did she do was that right yeah she did right. she, that was the big star turn for her right speed the plow and her my dresser left me and went to her <laughs> so i did eventually get to meet madonna i went back you know she right. got to you had to get I your clothes <laughs> i welcomed her i welcomed her from one italian to another to broadway very yeah. nice um, but but Bert, but Speed the Plow took our took our play nomination, our director and our actor nomination. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get, we only we only got only nominated for uh, Joan and she won. Right, and um, and, and John Malkovich was nominated. Oh no, no, that, no. no it, it kind of might have had something to do with him calling the um, uh, the nominators between sixty and death. <laughs> Yeah, that's they weren't too kind. Probably to not a good idea. Probably want to rethink that one next time. So, uh, so all right. So let's get to the actual experience of it, and then we'll move on to some other fun stuff in your career. But the actual was this the first kind of awards, like big? Yeah. Shebang? Other other than winning um, most improved wrestler at high school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. It was incredible. So, what um, was that like? I mean, star well, I'd be starstruck. I mean, that's cool. It was amazing because uh, at that time, Eric Roberts, uh, John had left the play, right. and Joan and, and John had left the play, and it was Eric and Lisa were doing the play. Eric Roberts and uh, Valentino. John, uh, Eric did ads for Valentino, uh, the the designer mm. in Italy, and he came to the show. Oh wow! And, he, and so I got to meet him, and he was like, "Oh," and and I was talking about the Tonys. He goes, "Oh, do you want to? Do you need a suit?" I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Go, go, go to the store and get a tuxedo. So I got a, wow. a suit. Also, get another suit, too. I'm like, oh, okay. I think there was a little more behind that as well yeah, because well. he would, we had a sort of a phone conversation for a few months following. Okay. All right. He's like, I'm like, what do I call you? Call me Val. I'm like, okay. <laughs> when are you coming to Rome? I said, well, um, I'm kind of doing a show and I live oh, here in LA. Like, what am I going to do in Rome? I said, and I have a partner. And like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> These well, I, got a, I got a tuxedo and a suit from Valentino. That's so crazy. Sorry about that. Um, and and that. You know, it just uh, we had there was luncheons at, at Sardi's, and wow. there was a, another event up at the up at Gracie Mansion, and so. Did you was, have uh, Did you have your little speech ready just in case? Did you Did you know what you were uh, to do? I or? didn't. No, I didn't. I did because I had a feeling because B D Wong was up against me, uh, <laughs> and, but, and Butterfly, uh, he was right? Definitely a lead, but he was. You know, when your name. Uh, he 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 can he was below the title. It was a whole thing on wow. opening night. If you're above the title. You can then choose what category to be in. Oh, okay. So Lithgow was up top. Right, and, right. Anyway, so and his was like a lead. It was it was like a lead. It was a lead. It was incredible. So I had a feeling it was going to lean towards him. Um, we had a we had a uh, lunch a couple of times and we you know hung out and spoke with each other. So it was kind of fun. That's neat. But it was great because and as soon as he um, and I knew he was, he was sitting right behind me at the event and. Um, 
I, uh, as soon as he won, I got up and got to give him a big hug, and it That's was nice. Right. It was fun. It was, it was exciting. My parents were there. My mother was up in the. Uh, uh, I got them tickets. To, she was up in the uh, balcony wearing her yeah. best dress. Dad was there. So. That's so awesome. It was incredible. Yeah. It was so really so does that launch into like, are are other Broadway theater things start to come your way, or at what point do you start really thinking about? You well, know. Eastern Standard, that's the play. After that, Eastern Standard, um, Richard Greenberg's play um, was, was offered. And that's when I turned down and Peter Frechette took. And I went right back to Los Angeles, okay. really. Didn't, I didn't stick around. And that's kind of, again, I, where I could have parlayed that more into New York stuff. Right. And I didn't. I, I, I was, again, I'm very, uh, very domestic. I'm like, <laughs> Los Angeles, is. A, I have my car and it's sunny and I have a <laughs> pool and a hot tub. And, right. and I wanted to be there. And I thought my agents would just kind of usher me in toward television and all. And right. it didn't really turn out that way. So there was a lot of plays. It was a movie, a TV movie, you know, an episode here and there, but not a lot, not a lot. And you've and, ended up doing a lot of kind of the guest star stuff, the, the real working actor, workman's kind of stuff, a, a lot of this stuff. Um, talk about some of those, when, the, when some of those things start coming your way and what that experience well, um, is like for you. That was really after I moved back to, to New York uh, in Los Angeles. Well, you know, it was interesting. I, I lived in Los Angeles about seven eight years and four of it was in new york doing burn this and doing right. a couple of other plays i did a couple of i did uh, unidentified human remains i did i i, I replaced uh, dennis putzakaris in sight unseen mm. there's a whole other drama um because what happened with that is that dennis was in his contract uh, he he has scheduled to go shoot a pilot in la right after it opened so the plays play opens at mtc and um it's a huge hit. I mean, Frank Rich writes a love letter to this play. That's, you know, the review, the play, that's Sunday it opens. Monday the review comes out. Tuesday I walk in. <laughs> so I did get sort of secondary reviews from like Clive Barnes and whoever. Right, right. And it was, it was an amazing experience. It was tough. I mean, Deborah Headwall and John DeVries and Laura Linney. Ah. So um, prior to that, I had worked with Deborah Headwall as an intern at Circle Rep, and she was doing Tally's Folly, and I would be in charge of her shoes, in her, get a shoe box for her shoes. So I was like, here are your shoes, Miss Headwall, and now I'm playing her ex-lover. Right. <laughs> um, Life but, moves along that way sometimes. Does move along. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we, took, we, took, well, we took Burn This to London. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. you went. And you went with. You went with the cast. Well, what happened? The story there is that you know they wanted the original cast, okay. and Joan didn't want to do it because it is a horrible role for a woman. It's a challenging role for a woman because <laughs> right. it's all off stage. And mm. You have to bring all that on, mm. and then you yeah. get thrown around. And, <laughs> right. You know that's that's what happened. And um, so she didn't want to do it, and so they said, "Well, okay, well then, well since there's only a cast of four, John can come over because he's he's international as far as sure. equity, uh, actors' equity rules. We don't have to. He he can be accepted that way, and we we'll, we'll do three other British actors. And John said, "I'm not coming over unless you bring Lou." That I mean, this guy. Come on now, that's fantastic. The best, the best, the best. So I came over and. Um, we did a, a run at the Hampstead Theater, uh, sort of, you know, kind of a off-Broadway, right. so to speak. And then they transferred to the West End, <clears throat> to the Lyric Theater. And wow. so we were there about a good six months. So is and that your first time abroad? And oh, no, I've been, I've been abroad before. But, but for an extended, like where you're living? Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd been weeks, I'd spent weeks in Paris and in France for a while here and there. Um, but this was the, yeah, I was there for you're six months. a working... 
working actor, actor having in, a, an apartment in, the, in, in at a flat in New York in <laughs> London. Wow. And and you know what's pretty amazing is that this is also a very big turning point for me. Um, one day I uh, made myself dinner, you know, cooked the chicken. <laughs> I sat down and I started to just ball, just absolutely lose it. And I realized I worked, I got paid, I bought that chicken, I cooked the chicken, and I fed myself. And it was just, it was primal. It was incredibly primal, <laughs> incredibly, incredibly primal. It was just amazing. And it was, it was joyous. Yeah. But it was like, I can take care of myself. You know, again, going back to the whole story of my mom and dad taking care of us. Right. Yeah, I can take care of myself. I fed myself. I took, I nourished myself. And it was just right with your craft amazing exactly and, that's, and, this, and also in london i was i was that's when i first realized i'm an artist mm. not just an actor okay in london you'd go to a party i went to these parties there and so what do you do oh i'm an actor oh come sit with me talk let's see uh, new york or in the state <laughs> like you're an actor oh what yeah. restaurant yeah right you my know. bus boy's an actor <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. So it was the first time it really hit me is that, oh, I'm an artist. Wow. Oh, that just, and it just, I had all these revelations while I was there. Yeah. It was, it you was know what's an interesting, uh, I have, here's a question. Were the, were the audiences and the reception of it different? Yes. Okay. How They're so? Much more reserved. And mm. they, I couldn't understand all that movement and spitting and, <laughs> you know, yelling. And I'm like, what was all that going on? They didn't know what to make of John. And wow. And, and, and all of us, really. These Americans yeah. come trampling through the West that, End. <laughs> exactly. And it was incredible because these theaters are just like, are like tiny, 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 tiny. And they're historic, but they're like, uh, our, our front door opened into a wall. <laughs> I couldn't even open the door all the way. And I had this, in, in Act Two, I, have, I come back from my Christmas trip and I have 6,000 pieces of luggage. <laughs> And I couldn't get through the door with the luggage. So I got this bit, this great bit. I just threw one piece at a time. <laughs> oh, that's so, great. So the, uh, boom, and like nine, 10, 11. And then I slammed the door, I come in. And then something I stole from Kevin Klein, watching him do uh, Much Ado About Nothing in the park. I would walk in, then I tripped over the, then oh. I would trip over the luggage, be all like, oh, little flabbergasted. Dick, it was Dick great. Van Dyke move there. I like oh, it. Oh, completely, <laughs> completely. So, that's awesome. So, so, so at some point during all of this, um, did you ever hearken back to watching those before a live audience, Carol Burnett's and going, I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing that. I'm kind of, that's that, that I, 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 I felt related to her. You know, I felt yeah. like we were together in this, you know, like you started, you know, you started me and then now I'm doing it. So yeah, I, 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 and I still do. I still like it. Whenever those, those like, they're trying to sell a Cal Burnett video. I'll always watch it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get to uh, the film and television part, and then I want to finish up a little bit with, um, sure. because you're a teacher, and, and you can really mm -hmm. articulate uh, the craft, too. So that's that's what I'm really interested in. But so film and television stuff, what were some of the, some of the highlights for you, and what is the, explain to folks out there who might not understand, because we've done this in a lot of podcasts, but explain some of the difference, you know, between those two types of, disciplines no well first there's not a lot you know I'm not, i don't have a lot of tv and film experience i'm still working on that as well and um i'm a real you know a theater rat right from one uh the one one of the biggest experiences for me was well the first tv experience for me was who's the boss oh wow yeah tony danza and and that was the first time i, I read you know, I, I auditioned and i felt i just you feel you got it 
I got this. It was down. There was not a question. There wasn't a second doubt, second thought. No doubt, I got it. And I turned around, I got it. I was like, perfect, great. And Tony, as it turns out, Tony, um, A, who's the boss? Tony is. <laughs> and uh, if you notice, there weren't a lot of male co-stars on that show. Right. It was Tony. And as it turned out, which is a funny story, is that my ex, uh, my former, my partner at the time, Joel, uh, um, his, he's from East New York. Tony's uncle was his mailman. Wow, that's bizarre. <laughs> but even better, Tony was a wrestler. And he, oh. had a, he had a wrestling scholarship out, I think, Iowa. I forget, somewhere in the Midwest. Okay. So I told him I was a wrestler. Anyway, long story short, I had two scenes. All of a sudden, I had three scenes. <laughs> Quite nice, which was great. <laughs> and, and this was like the six, I think it ran six or seven seasons. This was the sixth season. Uh, Amanda, the, the, the Alyssa Milano, char Milano character, was going back to college. Okay. And um, she mis I, uh, I mistake her for a student because Tony, I don't know, actually, I got it wrong. Tony was going back to college. She was just carrying his books at the bookstore. I mistake her for a student. She kind of gets goo goo eyed over me and comes to my class. Uh. It's all about reading and reading Wuthering Heights. So it's all, it was an educational episode. It was great. And it was funny, too. It was good. Um, and, uh, and also, Catherine Hellman was a neighbor of mine at that time. She lived down the block, the best house on the block in L.A. In my, in, where I <laughs> that was nice. So, uh, so, so walking into that situation as a theater actor, I mean, it, it's first of all, the, the pace and the speed of what you got to do right. is different. And thank God for Judith Light, because they, she took me by the hand oh. and said, let me introduce you to everybody. This is how we do it. This is how you enter the door. This is where you stand. This is where we... Wow. So wow. Judith, uh, well, it, 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 Judith just took me and walked me through. Wow. Because okay. she's a theater rat as well. Okay. And she and has since become a really good friend. Wow. She and her husband, Robert, and we, we've been friends for years since that. And uh, Catherine, I got to even be friendlier with her while she was, was that here. A, uh, was that one of those live audience deals too? All right, so at least it was... It had well, what was great about this, it was, it was a week. I got I hired for a week. Right. Monday, we have a read-through. We're done by 11 o'clock. You got home. <laughs> Tuesday, there's so that you finish the read through, all the writers get up and run over to Tony. <laughs> Whatever. Tuesday, we come in with blue pages or green, well, I don't know what the second page is. Right. And, and the changes are in the script and we read it. So it goes a little longer and there's some costume fittings. Mm. And you're out by noon. Wednesday, Tony golfs. We don't work. <laughs> Thursday. That's great. Thursday, camera blocking. Friday, we shoot two episodes. I was home by Jeopardy. Wow. It was That's a, a well-oiled machine. That's it a was, gig. and you were just thrown in, and you just wow. go no. with what they do. And, no. and, and, and they would just, you know, again, uh, um, uh, Judith would just hold my hand and go, no, turn here, turn here. You'll get a laugh this way. Do my, I'll call you. Wow. That's great. Now, that's different from the episodics. Like the yes. law and orders and the law and order, and that was that was another well-oiled machine. That if you fuck up, oh my god, you have you have no rehearsal. Mm -hmm. You have you're just thrown in. And I was just like uh, the few that I had. I played the same character for a couple of episodes. Right. Uh, this lawyer, Dale Brody, and um, the first one was a little. I had I had a few scenes. The second time it was like one scene with with with, with McCoy and, and and a judge and all. And I just remember I was rehearsing with no one, and I was just so freaked out of it because you're just alone by yourself right. in this trailer, wow. and then they throw you into the thing, and you, and you, and you have to sink or swim, you know. Wow. And so it was. It's very very different. Um, and then the the last one I did, I did three Law and Orders. The last one I did was um, 
with uh, the, the, la the later years with, uh, what's his name, uh, Anderson, a Anthony Anderson. Oh, okay, and, uh, right, right, right. Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy Sisto, right. Yeah, and I had worked with Jeremy's sister, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we, I did, a, I did, well, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the stories. It's a it's a movie story, um, but anyway. So I, that one and that was a little easier. You know, it was a little slower pace, so it was, it was okay. But but with Law and Order, they just throw you so in. Those, yeah. So those guest spots are you go on, they stick you in thing, you, you, and it's like ready go. That's you know, all it is. Your 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 brother died, and you know, start crying. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Shoot him. Yeah. Die. You know. He's like, like, oh, okay. Wow. So that was that's those are trial by fire. You know, because that is a machine that has been running and running and running and so well oiled, and you just kind of have to slip in, and if you don't. And is you know. that, now the third one? Is that different from say like the? Uh, didn't you do like the Nurse Jackies and that kind of thing? That well, yeah, that's I did like, Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie was great because they loved theater actors. Okay. So that and I and I remember with that I, I wasn't with um I was just I was with another guest star. It was just the two of us. And it was just a, an office scene, but all the creators would come around, and hang out with us, and talk oh. to us and say how much they loved the theater. And this was this was it was December. It was right before the Christmas break, and it was literally the last scene <laughs> of the day of the season. So they're partying. They want a break. Right. And, you know, I'm like, oh, fuck, if I make a mistake, they're going to all be groaning. Like, Ugh. no, they were the greatest. They wow. were just all this, the crew. Again, you know, in, in, in movies, you don't, again, you see the film, just the two of you in the scene. But there's about 50 people all around you with the lights with the cameras with the uh, the right. assistants the assistants the assistants and the third and the fourth and all that they, all around you and all i can worry about was oh the teamsters hate me because uh, they just uh, pull out after shoot again they're staying but they were great they and were, so that so that's a different Jack vibe great, yeah exit. that's a different great, vibe than yeah. like a network uh it's it's more like a movie set. right yeah. right 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 exactly that because it was it was hbo or, or showtime like i think that, yeah something, something like that that's awesome but, that was that was different. Um, um, the Good Wife was was quite good. Roxanne Dawson was the director on The Good Wife, and um, I just had a cry. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a my scene was coming up after lunch, and I didn't want to eat, so I, I missed this great meal. Getting <laughs> into my character, it was just it was a it was a, 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 a disbarred lawyer's anonymous meeting oh my god <laughs> and i had to cry about it i was like the only one in the meeting it was a very sad sad scene so levels so speaking crafting in all these situations because they're so tight and so it's not like your six-week rehearsal process in the theater right. blah 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 um, and the directors that come on these are they're different you know they're they're, they're just fly-in directors they do and some of them talk to you some of them don't that's, that's my question are they giving you any is there any kind of some everyone's completely different some actors some directors just sit in front of a monitor and tell someone else to tell you move your arm to the left <laughs> because you're you're as important as a, as a as a lighting piece of lighting instrument right and other other like Nurse Jackie was we would talk and so right. that was a nice communication there which was wonderful. Um, uh, I did a show called uh, I did Blind Spot. It was their final season and it was less than uh, uh, ideal because it was like directing as I'm as I'm speaking. They put an earpiece in me with music playing. Oh my god! And I had to make these physical. I was sort of giving signals with my hands wow and like oh don't do that one because you know he's like don't do that because the light's in the way it's like okay so i can only use my left hand but not too high just and it was like as i'm speaking I'm like and i'm wow. trying and it was a huge monologue and so i had nine things coming at me i was like that was a friday and i had to come back the next week to shoot and i called my agent i said 
have you ever heard of anyone getting fired over the weekend in the middle? <laughs> I said, because I was just so afraid. I couldn't come back. And I, I got back to that next day, that following week, and I was talking to the um, makeup. They said, oh, Lou, you're, trust me, you're not the only one. It's him. It's all wow. about they, they know they know how, how you're feeling. All the actors feel the same way. This yeah. director just was not so I guess couldn't couldn't care less about the acting. So I guess well, you'll I guess you'll never do uh, newscasting. You'll you'll never have that earpiece. Oh my god! Right? Because they're, <laughs> they're oh talking to you constantly. Like what? What do you say? Who are you? <laughs> now you know how Brando did it. He just stuck the thing in there, and somebody thought it was insane. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about you. You mentioned you know uh, you skipped lunch to get into your character. Let's segue now into the actual craft. You you teach. When did you start doing that? And what is the kind of the thrust of what you're? Well, the, the, it started with uh, with uh, the Groundlings. Um, I did I did improv and I brought I, I did uh, Laura Henry was a, an act is a director acting teacher acting coach out in Los Angeles she directed me in um, after the Medusa and she opened up an acting school and so I was on her staff uh, teaching improv because it was it was just it was a, a section that she wasn't uh, um, versed in and so she right. asked me to be a part of it and so that's how that started and I would just teach classes I just you know just taking from what I learned with the groundlings I then moved back to New York and um i kind of did some private coaching just some sort of one-on-one -on -one things and just 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 what i've learned about scene uh, about uh, scene study or monologues and right. um and just helping actors kind of kind of create that but it was very it was here or there it wasn't really um steady and then a few years ago a friend of mine um has a has a company that uh, these um students come from all over the country and all over the world they come to the city and they'll see shows um, and while they're in town seeing a show, they'll take a workshop, whether it's acting or dancing okay. or singing or, or orchestra or, or whatever. And it's taught by Broadway professionals. And so um, the, my main focus is the improv classes. Mm. And, I, and they, they go from 10 in a class to sometimes 40. Oh, like, wow. And they go from like uh, middle school to, to college. Oh, wow. And I had one, one, I had seven guys from South Africa one day. <laughs> And it's 90 minutes. And I'm like, are you, what am I going to, I'm like, my, I just run out of things to do. And I'm right. like, do it again, do it again, ask questions. Oh, oh wow. Um, then we also do scene stuff. And, and, and a lot of it is just, just trying to get them to understand what the scene's about, right. what they want, you know, ultimately. Right. What do you want? Right. Your objective. You want the scene. Yeah. That's your objective. You may not get it. Right. And you, or you may get it. But how we get there. Right. And it, it's all that basic stuff that I also learned with Bill Esper. Um, you know, Bill Esper was my teacher for a couple of years, and again, one of the greatest things I ever learned. And what was wonderful about him is that it applied to film, theater, and television. All the work is the same. Mm -hmm. you, 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 what is your character saying? What are all the characters saying about you? Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? What do you want? What are your needs? You know, th those questions are always the same. Right. Then how you score your script. You, you, you break things into beats mm -hmm. and how to get into a beat. How, what, what, what moment is here? What are your actions? What are, you know, they're all, all these active right. things. So that can apply to a film script, TV script, play. Right. So that, that, that is always the same. That work is always the same. Now, as we said before, theater, sometimes you have four weeks. Right. Film and TV, you have like this much time. And so right. you have to kind of condense it and kind of do a Reader's Digest version of it. Just get to the point. Right. And then, but what that does is that it, it pushes you and this is where the improv comes in, improv training comes in. You go with that instinct. You go with that first instinct. Right. 
and you have it and you also have to remember there's another person in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to you have all that in you and, and as, then someone's going to speak to you and you've got to react honestly and truthfully to what they're saying and what they're doing. So um, it's just a very condensed version when film and television. Right. You know? And also you, you mentioned like you, you like to take your students or, or if you're directing a piece, start them up here, you know, in theater and land can, and then you can you get, direct them down. So eventually that's where we get when the frame is this big. Right. Exactly. exactly. All that exactly. stuff has got to be. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and again, what I've learned, I'm still learning. Trust me. Film and TV. What's going on? It's behind the eyes. Really, what's going on? You don't have to kind of go, hmm. And, <laughs> right. What? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's. Yeah, to hit the back row at the Lyceum, sure. sure. You know, you, you'll need that. But right. on film and TV, it's just a, it's just a, a, a thoughtful moment or a funny moment in your head or whatever right. will 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 you'd be amazed how much it conveys yeah how much it well, i was i was once told you know the, the one thing i was taught one time was the camera never blinks so it's it's looking at you it's seeing things that you can't see this close i mean it's just right. it's it's always open so it's it's right. going to capture everything if, you, if you're truthful and yeah. i guess the talent really i mean like you said the work is the same it's you know what's literally going on in the scene what does your character want where did you come from blah 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 but the talent is how are you going to get what you want like that yeah. it's the choice yeah. there that makes the actor right and and also what you know, you what 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 makes you special? What makes you you? Why did you get the role? Right. Because what you bring to it, you're always going to bring a part of yourself to every role, every single role. <clears throat> your experiences, your ups and your downs, etc. And 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 you can't compare it to someone else's, right. because that's their experience. They can do the exact same scene, same line, same costume, same movement. But if the scene's about oranges, and you love oranges, and the other one hates oranges. Right. That point of view, your point of view. Right. That's what determines the, 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 the differences. And that's what determines where you're going, what you're coming from, what you're bringing to that table, into that scene. Right. All right. Is important. All right, Lou. So to uh, to wrap it up, <laughs> what is it? What do you what is it? That's you. What is that thing that you're bringing that? Uh, why? Why? Why are we grabbing? Why are we casting Lou all the time? And what is What do you think? <laughs> well, that frequently and recently, not so much. <laughs> right. But I mean, but, what is uh, what is that of all this journey that you've been on? Uh, tragic and difficult in those circuits. And that but you did it with such uh, um, positive mindset that it literally healed your life. And and that all this stuff that you've brought to it. What is that unique thing that that is you that we see uh i think there's a survivor mentality inside me and not letting something stop me or get in my way i'll either go through it or go over it or go around it or or tip somebody or bite somebody <laughs> off to it. uh and and i think my sense of humor i'm always finding the funny in something even in the in even in the darker scenes even the heavier scenes and i think that helps me um bring bring those aspects of whatever character i'm playing to light gives them another dimension right so there's always there's always sort of a, i'm always sort of a a wry or a, or a comic look at the situation right. at the world whatever this character is whether he be an art restorer like one of the shows i did or a teacher you know you're going to bring that perspective in but i've always had sort of a, a comical look at the world right this big funny thing that we're, we're a part of and even though it's a deathly serious scene, and I'm and I'm with you, and I'm and I'm in that moment with you, um, there is this underlying 
I don't want to say levity, but there's a lightness as, as well that, that shines through, that, that, um, that keeps right. me going, that keeps you going. Otherwise, you'd be suicidal. Right. <clears throat> if, I ever told, if I ever heard a story that somebody who got, you know, who was diagnosed with AIDS and doing a play about AIDS, I'm <laughs> you know, how are you alive? You know, and, right. and, 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 that's, and a lot of that, I'll be, tell, I'll be honest with you, is my mother. My mother was, I always like to say, my mother would look at a, a glass half, ha, half empty, you know, or half full. Mm-hmm. She'd see it as half full and there's always plenty enough to, uh, left for soup. <laughs> what a great line that's awesome that's, that's my awesome. mother that's a, that's i definitely take it from her also she was like she would talk to anybody and just it always feels like this is where she belongs right so that's I, I feel that this is everywhere i am is where i belong well it certainly comes through here man and i i appreciate you giving me this much time one last little thing uh do you have where do people find you you know where where are you know your websites uh, and whatnot well, i don't have a website unfortunately um working on that but i'm on twitter okay. and um instagram um I, I haven't i honestly haven't looked at facebook in about three months it's the best thing i've ever done <laughs> yeah right i got a new phone and i put it didn't put it on and it's great so right. t- twitter is good and uh, uh um my my name uh, you know uh, at, at um, twitter and um LC Liberator uh, Instagram. Um, and I'm a member of the Ensemble Studio Theater, so go on there and okay. you can find my. And, my, my and you mentioned a couple of gigs were anything on the horizon when, yeah. when all this clears? Uh, there, there was always, there's always some talk about some, uh, a, a good friend of mine from, from way back high school days, David Simpatico, had wrote this incredible play about Oscar Wilde meeting um, Walt Whitman. Oh, wow. Yeah, there it's a go. great play. It's a great play. And so I, we've been doing a ton of reading and uh, playing Whitman. Wow. And so I'm hoping that's going to come to fruition uh, sometime soon. All know, right. So. Well, I hope we see you out there again. You're, you're a major talent and, and, and you've had just a, an inspiring career. And I super appreciate you giving me all this time. This was a joy, Russ. And I can't I tell you such. It was just, it was wonderful. Thanks so much for asking me. And uh, it, it had, a, had, a, had a blast. So. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, Lou. Thank you so much, man. Stay healthy, okay? You too. Thank you. All right. Thanks.